You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning. I'm, I'm Chuck Kennedy. I'm one of the associate pastors here. And I just want to ask a real quick question. How many people here have ever heard of the five love languages? I figured Rick's requiring everyone to be, that's how you become a member of this church, Rick makes you read that book. So it's a book from uh, Gary Chapman that he wrote back in 1992. And it's kind of become the textbooks about relationships. I mean, I was going to ask a question. I have a funny feeling the answers are behind me. I was going to say, do you know what the five are? <laughs> yes, they are up there. So we see them up there. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. And looking at the way God engages, and it's kind of complicated to just choose one, because God, you know, God is love. He has defined love. And so to just pick one is a little complicated, but, but his relationship with us just seems to be filled with giving. The giving of God is just unprecedented. I would say that the most famous verse in the New Testament is all about giving. It's Marcus's favorite verse. John 3.16. So it says, God so loved the world, here's his love, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So God gave us his son so he could give us salvation so through Jesus we could be given eternal life. That's a lot of giving. First his son, then salvation, then eternal life. I mean, what's, what's left? So today we're going to talk about the way we express our love to God by our giving. Let's be specific. Our giving to the Lord as an act of worship. There's a theme throughout Scripture, and, and it's the principle of first. Um, it centers on putting God first. And it's, if he's first in your life, it's often expressed in our understanding of how God is first in our finances. Because sometimes that's what we kind of move first often. I know that. I've done this. So I want to look at a, a simple verse. Exodus 13.2. It says, Sanctify to me every firstborn, the first offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both of man and beast, it belongs to me. It is mine. You could not make this more emphatic in the Hebrew. If it was a text message, it would be all caps with double exclamation points. It is mine. God's declaring that is his property and his alone. Now, if you drop down to verse 12 and 13, it goes a little further. It says, we shall devote to the Lord the first offspring of every womb and the first offspring of every beast that you own. The males belong to the Lord. But every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. But if you not, do not redeem it, you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of, of man among your sons belongs to me. So this will be the, like the first of, the, of three points, and that's the rule of first. But how do we know whether to sacrifice it or redeem it? So he gives us two classes of animals. The donkey is unclean. The lamb is clean. So the unclean 
must be redeemed by a, cl a clean one. So if you have a donkey, you don't kill the donkey. It, you, you have a lamb to redeem it. So that, it's really interesting because now we know exactly what to do next time you have a donkey or a lamb in your backyard. <laughs> but, you know, everything that was pointing to Jesus, we almost miss this. It's easy to miss this little, it's almost subtle in a way, but in the picture of holiness, in the picture of sinfulness in our relationship to God, are we born clean or unclean? Well, if you need proof, my first three words, mama, dada, and mine. Anything in front of me, you start to reach for it, mine. I didn't have to be taught that. Now, let's take this one. When Jesus was born, was he clean or unclean? And the only clean human to live a full life of righteousness had to be sacrificed to redeem unclean mankind. That principle has a blessing that's so profound that we miss it almost. So the, this principle runs all through the scriptures. You give me the first and the rest have been redeemed to you. So, and that takes faith. I mean, you think about this. Some of us are here will understand this. To a farmer or a rancher, when that animal calves, that's payday. That's their paycheck. We almost missed this. This is not a, a little petting zoo. And so God wants the first. And you could have all the rest, but you know what? That calf could step in a hole, break a leg and never get, or that, that cow could step in a hole and never, never calve again or have to be destroyed or have a disease. So that's taking faith. And over and over again in the Bible, it, this, this principle of God's relationship with his, his people is we must put God first right. in all things. And so, and, I, and I'm getting a little bit off, but the number one reason I hear for people not returning to God what's his, fully and cheerfully, is I can't afford it. And until God is first in your life, you're right, and you will never afford it. Because there will always be this curse over your finances that can only be lifted by your giving and your tithing. So God wants to remove the curse over our finances. He wants to redeem our finances, and it's done by releasing the first to him. And God takes this seriously. Because face it, if he's not first, he sure is going to find out who is. So, you know, God even says to test him on this. We'll get to that later. But he says, test him. And he said, and you bring him your first, and he will reward you and bless you. And that's God's love language for mankind. The second thing is, the first fruits must be offered. So we look in Proverbs 3. We're going to look at uh, verses 9 and 10. So it says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So, so, or in order for, your barns to be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23, uh, 19, it says, You shall bring the choice first fruits from your soil into the house of the Lord your God. Now notice two words here, real quick, on that last one. It says bring. Doesn't say give. Doesn't say pay. It says you're bringing 
the first fruits. Very different mindset, different, different word. And you're bringing it to the house of the Lord. You're not bringing it to Rick or to me. You're bringing it to the house of the Lord. Amen. So, and this is really important because this is how you're honoring God. This is relational between you and God in that giving. It's not relational between you and me or Rick or any of the members of staff. We must understand that. So then, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I did that. I want to give you an example. Here's a good example. All right. I decided to go shopping, and I'm going with Kathleen Wren. And we're shopping for a while, and then I go, Kathleen, can I put my stuff on your credit card? And Kathleen goes, yeah, sure. So I do. Then payday rolls around, and what happens? I go up to Kathleen, and I give her the $100. Who gives thanks? I do. I'm giving back what was already hers. I'm not giving her a gift. I'm returning to her what was hers. Now, Kathleen may give a prayer of thanks, thinking, I never thought check would ever come up with that money. But, <laughs> but the fact is, I'm returning. It's, it's our different mindset is what we have to continue to have. And remember Israel, when they went into Jericho. This is a good one. God said, give me all of the gold and silver. Not a, not a tenth. Give me all of the gold and silver. Why was that? Because that was the first city. And there were going to be many more cities. He didn't ask for it from the rest of them. That was going to be my first city. And that took faith on the Israelites. Here they're going to, for the, Jericho was this imposing city. The walls fall down. They run in to get the gold and the silver and everything, and they have to give it to God. And, and you know, didn't do the old, hey, that was nice. This is important. God's just saying, trust me on this one, and I'll give you many more cities. It didn't say, wait till you've conquered about 10 and give me one of them. He doesn't tell the farmer, wait till you have a herd and give me one of them. You know, you ever wonder what happened with Adam and, or Abel, Cain and Abel? All right, let's read that. Genesis 4, it's real quick. It says, So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the, God had, and God, the Lord had regard for Abel for his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. It's for, in the very beginning of that, do you notice it says, there's, there's a little footnote there, and it says, so it came about in the course of time. It actually says the end of days. I don't know if you see the footnote. Yes, you do. See, what happened was Abel waited to the end of the harvest. I'm sorry, Cain waited till the end of the harvest. He didn't make the first cuttings and give those to the Lord. While Abel get, gives his first of animals, and he doesn't just give him, well, we'll give him uh, the neck bones. He gave him all the good stuff. Okay, that's why it says the fatter portions. That's actually what we like to eat. That, that's the tenderloins. All right, so, and that's really important. See, this is not Mosaic law. This is from the beginning of time, this concept of principle of first that God has always had. And I want you to understand something. It's not that God would not accept 
Cain's offering. God couldn't accept Cain's offering because he is preeminent. He is first, and he cannot accept seconds. Because to God, he is so first, second is so far out you can't hardly see it. So he can't take those. All right? The next one is going to be the tithe must be first. All right? It says, thus, I'm going to get to Leviticus, Leviticus, and you can say it, L-E-V, period. Okay. Thus, all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Again, it is holy to the Lord. You see it again, is the Lord's. It's holy. What does that mean? It's set apart for the purposes of the Lord. You're, you're, when you release your, 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 um, your offering, when you give worship to God with your giving, you're releasing it to the purposes of the Lord. Now, we in council will pray and, and decide how that's distributed, which is why we're having the benevolent offering today. It's one of the, those things that's been prayed about. But you've got to get out of the, the idea that you're giving to Vineyard of Mount Comfort. This is the house of the Lord that you're worshiping the Father in with your giving. All right? Okay. So I want to give a quick illustration though about this, this thing about first. Let's say I go over to Jim Coleman's house. And Jim's going to pay me $100 if I'll sit with him and watch a Cardinals game. Because <laughs> who else would? And so Jim pays me, though, with 10 $10 bills. Which one do I give to the Lord out of those 10? It's the first one that's about to leave my hand. The first one I'm about to spend. So I take the first one out. I put it... In, aside for the Lord. I take the other $90, I bet on the Reds against the Cardinals, and I watch the game with them. So, <laughs> no, we don't gamble. Unless you're playing golf. <laughs> so, so, anyway. So, let's do it another one, all right? And this is the most common one. Let's say it's payday, all right? And let's assume you got direct deposit. And you're now you're getting ready to either go online and pay all your bills and do, you know, distribute all your money, or maybe you're writing checks. And here's what so many people do. They've got housing, electric, gas, food, maybe something else here. And then, here's God's. No. The mortgage company got God's tithe. He got, and the mortgage company cannot redeem your finances. He cannot bless you. You just gave to the wrong place your blessing. He's saying, no, that's not the way we do it. Or what happens is we go, ooh, that's not as much as it really should be, but that's what we have. God will not accept it as a tithing, as a giving to him. God doesn't sit under the table waiting for crumbs. God is first, He's, and he takes we're returning back to him what belongs to him. That's really, I wish we could get that. That's so hard to understand sometimes because we put it in the concept of I, I'm paying my bills and now my church is one of my bills. It's a release of God's. Now let's just say I got paid and now the money hits the bank 
And before I sit down to do any distribution, son goes to the Korean market and spends money first. Well, of course, I explained to her, we're cursed for a month. Don't drive your car. You'll get a flat tire in 465. No, this is not legalistic. Okay? This is about a heart of consistently putting 100% God first. And so this is, this is not about a rule. If you get into it that way, you'll get complicated. Because then you'll sit there and wait for all this other stuff to happen. I'm telling you, you've got to understand what God's asking here. Put no other gods before me. And so this is important. And, um, you know, this, I mentioned uh, Cain and Abel. You know, Abraham tied to Melchizedek 500 years before the law. Jacob tithed 400 years before the law. And Jesus mentions tithing in, in Matthew 23. If you, it's uh, verse 23, 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe the mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier portions of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these things you should have done, talking about the tithing, without neglecting the others. He said you should have tithed without neglecting the others. You know, this is the principle of God's love language, is, is receiving gifts. And God, we know he operates in all those languages, but we can't miss this one. We just can't miss this one. I want to look at, this will be my last verse. And this is the, probably the most famous verse. I thought it was so amazing. I told the son, I go, do you ever heard, heard about the verse where it says you, you, he'll bless you? And you, she goes, oh yeah, Malachi 3.8. 3, I said, how did you know that? Because my birthday's 3.8. So. <laughs> well, it's a, let's start with, we're going to go 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. God says, test him on this. It's the only place in the Bible he says that. God wants to completely bless you. And he wants to do it today, because that's what he is, his love. And then he wants to rebuke to stop anything or anyone that wants to steal that which you work so hard for. You know, God wants your home to just be an absolute place of where he delights to dwell and pour himself out into your family. And this is where this is happening. I'm going to just give you a real short personal testimony. Twelve years ago is when we had another big, big market crash. And if you remember, it started with the auto industry. Remember, we had GM going bankrupt. Chrysler actually went bankrupt. And Fiat bought them out because of that. Uh, then you had Ford was asking for money, then backed off. So dealerships were closing right and left. It was devastating. And from that, 
because you had so many people getting laid off, they discovered the mortgage problem. That wasn't discovered until after the recession had already hit. And I was in trouble. I had a dealership closed that I was working for. Um, everything was spiraling. And I was losing my house. And so at that time, I got sober. And when I got sober, God's helped me to start prioritizing things. And I had nothing. And son and I started tithing. And we, we, didn't really, we didn't do it because we heard Pat Robertson said, if you tithe, that you're going to get a check in the mail for $10,000. You see, that's not the way we do this. It was about the heart of God. God was starting to teach me his, the priorities in life. Ten years after that all happened. Now, I did lose the house. And when I lost my house, I went into an apartment with $30,000 in credit card debt. Because I was trying to live on my credit cards. And 10 years later, all the credit cards were paid off and we paid cash for the place we live now. Now, God did bless us in some quirky, odd ways. Now, we don't live in a palatial mansion. We have a little 1,400 little square foot condominium. But he was always just in step with, oh boy, that came in at the right time. Little bits, 150 here, a little bit here. But what happened was he trained us on the priorities of money and trained us on who is priority in our life. I would have never found my calling in the Lord without that because that's, that's what released that for me. And so I'm just giving you an example. Are you going to all own free and clear homes in 10 years? Maybe not because you know what? He may bless you differently because his blessing may be, you know, some of us, um, it's not that we mishandle money, but sometimes a lot of money just makes us crazy a little bit because people find out about it. And all of a sudden, you got all these people ha hammering you. If you know what I'm talking about. Win the lottery and see how many friends you suddenly make. And, and so it's disturbing for some people. So God, he blesses you with a household of, of love and people around you. Some people get blessed with your, your gifts start being released. There's a whole lot of different ways this happens. But I do know one thing. In business, I started seeing things happen that I couldn't believe. Offers from companies. Uh, uh, I went from, I more than doubled my pay within five years. And all these things started happening. So I trust God now in a way with my finances I never did before. So when things happen, like right now, uh, I've been working part-time anymore. I'm going to have to go on a hiatus for a month, which is fine. But I was expecting that because I thought, well, that's going to be good vacation money. Now that's gone. Do I, at first, I was a little disturbed by it. But I realized, oh, God will take care of these things. Because maybe he wanted us to enjoy the vacation without being worn out from working. So there's a lot of different things. I also wanted to remember something. And this is how I'm going to close this today. We're going, we're going to be quick today. We live in the New Testament. Now, I don't want to make this sound... I don't. I, I, I'm so afraid of saying this where it comes across wrong. But what may have been law of the Old Testament is, this, is our basement of today's life in the New Testament. Okay? So it says, do not steal. Well, that's really, we don't even look at that as, as you know, stealing, you know, not stealing doesn't show we honor one another, that we're rejoicing in their, in their goodwill. I mean, well, I didn't steal it. Do not murder. I mean, how does that reflect, you know, our, how, 
our temperament and our love for one another. Well, at least I didn't kill him. I mean, see, we're in a different level now. Jesus said, if you have hate in your heart, you're, you're a murderer. So this goes also with how we release to the Lord. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is giving abundantly. And guess what? You're not restricted to some 10% number. You can give as much as, you, as the heart goes. See, this is the problem with, with Cain and Abel. One of them gave, as the Lord called me, at the end of the harvest. The other one gave, as the Lord told me, at the beginning of the harvest. And so, as you're developing this, there is some disciplines you have to develop. Okay? So, you can't just keep saying, well, I'm free. You are free. But there are certain disciplines that God wants to... That's why this is a principle. I didn't say that this is not a principle. God wants to bless you. And he's saying, These are, this is a pathway of this. Keep me first, I'll bless you in all things. He'll bless your marriages, he'll bless your kids, he'll bless everything. Keeping him first. I just think that today as we take communion, we, we almost forget about the one that made himself poor so we could be rich. I have heard from so many people that have had so many significant things happen when they went from a, a movement of God's included in my life until God is first in my life. And I'm just asking you that you'll pray with the Lord. If you're uncertain, don't, don't let this, please don't let this be something that knocks you down. The enemy would love nothing more than to make you feel guilty that you're not doing something right. He loves this stuff. But be praying with him and say, Lord, I want you to be first. Release to me your grace and keep me there. And keep me first. So that every step I take is your step. So as the worship team is gathering for this last song, I think what, if maybe this is a perfect time to really give thanks to the Lord for all we do have. All of that he's released to us. The people in our lives that have been released to us. There's, we may as well put a revolving door out in front of the church for September because about every member of staff is on vacation. On Wednesday, Michelle's leaving, so we're going to should be praying for her the following week Rick is leaving, then Rick, the other Rick, Rick Bonner is leaving, and my wife and I are leaving at the end of the month. So it's a lot going on. So this we could also be keeping that in your mind as you pray for so many people traveling. And, but I really, my heart for you is coming to a, a special understanding of who God is in your life and let him be first. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.